Jordan back with starting a startup. Hey, I am looking forward to being able to do another podcast here that has been a long time with a bunch of different new changes and new things happening. Um, man, it has been a little while and this world is just absolutely crazy right now. So um, obviously I got some, quite a few updates, but we've also been, you know, a lot of learning and things. Um, the business hasn't changed much because of the atmosphere with this whole uh, pandemic COVID thing going on. There's not a whole lot of business to change, but I'll go over and I'll update that, that with you uh, on everything here shortly. Um, so guys, if this is your first time listening or you know one of your early times, here's a reminder. This is a podcast about me and my friends starting a business from scratch, no experience, no background, no expertise, um, and building it into a, a multi-million dollar company already. Um, within the course of about a year, we were able to get to that. And then the different stages beyond that. So what I do is I chronicle everything that we're experiencing, hoping that maybe it gives you an idea of that it's not that difficult. Everybody's capable of doing it. It's just, it's it's not more difficult than anything else. It's just different. Um, so that you kind of feel more comfortable to maybe take that initial step with either building a business or a new job or a new uh, chapter in your life or whatever. Um, you know, just something that lets you understand that you have more control than what society leads you on to believe. Now, I do ask that you share this podcast, you share it with your friends, you tell people about it, because my whole goal of this is to just get one motherfucker to actually listen to it and be able to make the decision that I made that took me from being a cog in a wheel with a company that was great to me and doing something in life that you know brought me fulfillment, but to basically doing what I've always dreamed about and doing it at a young age, because uh, realizing that it's just you know, that you make that decision to keep moving forward, just like anything else that if you take the steps and you adjust and you modify and you keep working hard at it, that you will be successful. Um, you can't lose if you don't give up. Um, but anyways, guys, uh, the other side of this is, is this is as I'm experiencing things. So as far as the entertainment side of stuff, I've got about two and a half years, three years of experience there. Uh, with the tech side for Combat Carding LLC, uh, I've got very minimal experience there uh, as far as in a professional scale, and a lot of it is hobbyist. So understand that I may say some things here that don't make sense or aren't true or that I redact later. So, uh, you know, do your own research and information to find out, is this valid? Does this associate with me? Because there's a million different ways to get to a finish line. Not one is any better than the other. You just got to pick one that just fucking works in general. Um, so... Let me get started here with a quick update for you guys. We are still in the midst of COVID lockdown. Now, the economies are starting to open up. Um, there was a little bit of a scare. It looks like the, the COVID starting to flare up in other areas right now. So people are kind of getting a little bit nervous there. And uh, there's some, the, some states that are shutting down the bars and the restaurants again and uh, enforcing mask utilization and stuff. So, you know, this is going to be something that we probably see a swing of quite a bit up and down uh, as we try to grab, uh, get a grasp on. What is COVID? How does it really spread? How serious is it? You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of people trying to decide, you know, understand the seriousness of this stuff, or trying to understand those components of it. Um, and we would be dumb to say that we understand it with absolute right now. It's always changing, and it's always something new, um, which the world has plenty of that. 
all the time. There's always something going on. This one's quite large, though. This is affecting internationally. Markets shut down everywhere. People in the United States can't fly or travel places. There's um, bordering issues. I'm just it, it's a it's something like never experienced before. Um, so we fall in this area in Michigan, which we have a governor that is just crazy about uh, control on this situation where um, she's putting thousands of businesses in very dire consequences and making them shut down their business again over like 80 cases. Um, you know, it's it's a really strange situation and uh, trying to, you know, I can't pretend to grasp the entire thing. I've got my feelings towards how everything works, but that doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the day, we have to be able to focus on what we have control on. Now, one of the hard parts is, is that when we do focus on what we have control over, it's how do we protect our guests? How do we protect our employees and the, the, the vendors and people who come into our facility to create a safe atmosphere to assume that this is as bad as everybody projected it initially was? You know, with the, the people on the you know far left saying that everybody in the world is going to die. Like, let's just assume it's, you know, that severe. What can we do to mitigate those issues, which is... You know, the helmet decontamination system where we invested thousands of dollars into one of those and uh, mask utilization, signage, social distancing markers, um, the uh, hand sanitizer stations, um, operations of uh, how people interact and uh, a cleaning supervisor that just that's all they do the entire time is go through and wipe down and clean things like all these pieces that we were doing to make sure that we are prepared to put the best experience forward. Now, the thing that sucks about that is, is that we have a governor who is making a decision on when we can open or not. We're fully fucking prepared. We just got done doing a soft opening. We brought in about 30 people, had them and, and their families and said, all right, here's what we're doing and showed them everything. And we let them play and we practiced everything to make sure that we had it down pat. Zach and Casey busted their ass to make sure that everything was done in a good manner with it. Tracy set the standards for it, researched what the best practices were. And we got to test this stuff out and we had raving responses. I mean, I, I think our lowest score was like 9.3 out of 10 of preparedness and readiness and implementation. Just everybody felt very comfortable in our in our, in our our facility. Um, and many people said that we are far ahead what other people are, um, you know, grocers and uh, restaurants and things like that, because we're actually taking the shit serious because it's our social responsibility to do so. So, we're prepared. We're here. We're ready to go. But yet we're in this other thing where the governor says, well, you're not in stage five because you seem scary. You seem like a venue that I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with it because she has to open them all at once. And I get it. It's a difficult decision on how to do that. But it's really frustrating when you are everything in your control is under control and you're just waiting. And we don't know. We don't have a time frame. We don't have a goal. We don't have an expectation of when we're going to be able to open up from the governor. So we're just sitting here and kind of waiting for the go ahead. In the meantime, the clock's just ticking for us. We weren't even open six months, so now we're we're running on cash reserves and things that were developed during a six-month opening period, which luckily we were smart and we packed a bunch of that money away to be prepared for if anything like this came up. But there's a lot of other people that aren't experiencing that. So, you know, the that's that's kind of one of the challenges right now is you know, we went through all those pieces to make sure that we're prepared, but yet we don't have final control over what the next step is. So it's a waiting game. Now, the nice thing is, is and, I, and I've said this multiple times, and I think in other podcasts, you know, it's not the companies that are strong that are going to survive COVID. It's the ones that are willing to adapt. It's going to change the industry some. And it's the same thing for 
um, you know, your work, where you're at. It's going to be your work environment is going to be different going forward. And you need to be aware of how you adapt to that. And, you know, society, how we interact with people is going to be different after this. And we've got to adjust how we react to it. So for us, we built a backup plan. We're looking, August is pretty much our go, no go date. We either are going to fucking open well, or we're going to fucking open. Um, but one of the things that we, I worked with my team to kind of come up with, um, we're doing, we're looking at this adaptation thing of, you know, what have we really done? You know, we've prepared for COVID. We've done what everybody said, but what outside of the box have we been really thinking? Or have we been just sticking our set heads in the sand waiting for the okay to get moving forward? So, you know, you see these companies now announcing that they're closing because of COVID. And, you know, we can't open, you know, we're, we're out, we can't go back into business. And I'm going to be honest, I'll tell you right now, Every other business that sees that is laughing at them because they know fucking damn well that it has nothing to do with COVID, that they're just using that as their excuse to go out. Nobody right now, I am very confident, nobody who ran a good business is closing because of COVID right now. It's people looking for excuses to get out or take the blame of their poor performance on something that, that appears to be outside of their control. And businesses that are good know this shit. They're aware of it. Now, there will be a point where that's going to be, that, that could potentially change, but we're not there yet right now. I mean, fuck, we were open six months and we reinvested like crazy into our business. We had no expertise beforehand of how it operated. You're telling me that we can survive this, but the business that's been, in, that's been going for 20 years can't fucking survive it? They obviously weren't planning right. They weren't managing right, whatever. Anyways, so we're looking at this adaptation thing and we realize that a lot of people just aren't looking to adapt. So we came up with this plan, like looking at what is it within our control? It's like, well, outdoor gatherings are larger. You can have 200 people at an outdoor gathering. So if we can do that, what if we, what things do we have in our facility that we can move outside? And as we're looking through it, there's really not much other than really the bar and restaurant. But you know what? There's something there. Beer tents are canceled places. Festivals are canceled in places. What if we get a giant fucking tent, 60 foot by 140 foot, put a bar and restaurant inside of that thing, you know, with, uh, you know, tabletop seating, and we bring out some of our entertainment offerings that are going to be the expansion for people to use. So that's the pigskin pin platforms. You'll get eight lanes of that set up underneath the tent so people can play and do stuff. Get an outdoor patio area because we're going to have a patio at the expansion. Let's buy the furniture now. Let's get it set up there with some umbrellas and shit like that. Throw some cornhole over there. Let people just chill, drink, and enjoy time together and create a fun space like that because that's what we did with high caliber carding. We created a place that people want to hang out. So we could do that exact same thing just outdoors. It may not be what we have indoors moving it outside. It's creating a whole nother business of outdoor entertainment. Now, the nice thing is a lot of that stuff we're going to use indoors anyways. So it's not a massive investment. You know, the 60 by 140 tent is really the major investment, but that's a $35,000 investment. It could potentially pay off over the course of using that for the next five, six years just with that alone. But you're also going to attract people who are going to be able to come to the facility, line up inside for, to do stuff inside. And we can bring in groups to go-kart race, to act so, to play in the arcade, whatever, uh, while we have servers out there serving drinks and food and all that stuff. So we can make our business functional by taking charge of the things that we have control of. And we're calling it Tent City. Now, we haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. There's been some recent things that have happened in our area with uh, Harper's, this this um, nightclub, I guess, really, this bar. They had a big outbreak, and um, people have kind of gotten a little bit concerned. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're not um, being disrespe disrespectful and opening up when people feel like it may be premature. So we dialed it back, and every week on Wednesday, 
us as a team, we get together, we talk about is, you know, what date should we mark for when we go to open and everything, you know, with our, you know, hope that the governor is going to come forward and say, here's when you guys are going to be able to open. Um, so we have something definite. We got an email, all the indoor entertainment uh, or actually amusement uh, providers got an email from the amusement licensing division uh, yesterday that said that we are not allowed to be open unless we're in areas eight and five, which is northern Michigan, um, which was a pretty clear, you know, we can't just open up. Um, a lot of the car tracks in the area have already opened, though. They've already decided to get open up to the public, you know, smaller groups, things like that. Um, we are actually the last indoor karting track to do that. Um, so it's that we're, you know, begging the question, you know, is this something that you ask for forgiveness later? Well, one of the hard parts is, is that there's a lot of contradicting information out there. And this is with anything you do. You, you know, you get some direction from a company or something like that. It may contradict a lot of the other things that they said before, but you've got to kind of find your truth and move forward with it. So we're not a part of this, or we have to be a part of the stage five opening before we can physically open our doors. But if you look inside the executive orders, which are the actual freaking laws, it says that we can be open as an occupancy of, of I believe right now it's 25% of our total occupancy, which our total occupancy is 687, if I remember correctly, or 637, something like that. So if that's the case, you know, we could really just pretty much open up for business. So do we follow this reopening plan or do we follow what the executive order is where it's, you know, the laws? And, you know, you got to kind of make your decision there because it all really is just going to boil down to what do they want to enforce? If they want to enforce the, the more strict of the two, they can. They, there's something written there that they can use, even though it contradicts something else. We don't want to go to court over this shit. We don't want to potentially lose our business license over this shit. So we just kind of have made the decision that we're going to kind of take a step back um, and we're going to, you know, every week evaluate. And there may be a point where we decide to move forward with, you know, it's, it's you know, ask for forgiveness type of thing. But um, we're, we've decided that we're not there yet, and but we, you know, we're not terribly far away from it. Um, so you know, we have our plans for what we could do to adjust, what we could do to you know, make some change uh, in case this goes significantly further than what we are anticipating. Um, but you know, we also have, we're being smart at the same time and looking to say, you know, what is a couple of weeks going to do for this? You know, do we need to open right now? where we you know, are, are asking for forgiveness and risking our business license and you know, risking a lot of legal liabilities that, are ha that could happen uh, over the, for the ability to open you know, two weeks early. Um, you know, what is that wise decision? And you know, it's just sitting down and going with the pros and cons list, laying it all out, and then making an you know, intelligent decision. You know, if you can't really make a gut decision. Gut, you know, gut decisions are something you just, you think about it for a second and you make a call. A good, truly informed decision should take you at least 15 minutes, if not an hour, to sit down and evaluate it. Um, no matter what the decision is, that's where you're going to be able to really process the information, ask for all the people's advice about what their input is in, on it so that you can get different perspectives and formulate the best plan to move forward because many heads are always stronger than one. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the update of where we're at currently sitting in this. Um, now, we obviously, we still have our expansion going. Um, you know, we're going to open up that 25,000 square foot expansion. One of the things that with that, we're, we're really starting to fall behind on our schedule for that because honestly, I wasn't holding people accountable to their timeframes. Um, so for example, we have uh, the, uh, the, the people who are doing our architecture. Um, we still don't have final architecture for them. And one of the things that sucks about that is 
we can't get bids and we can't do uh, get you know start opening stuff until or start building stuff until we have that done. So in the meantime, we're sitting here going just just twiddling our thumbs, and it's now pushed us into where we may have to open uh, during the holidays, during the worst time of the year for us to be able to open this. Um, but that's just because I didn't stay on somebody, and I want to stress, guys, the importance of setting a date. So recently we did this soft opening on the 27th and we fully planned on opening July 3rd. And the reason why I chose those dates was because we had to put something on the calendar. What we were doing is everybody was stressed out because we had this list of tasks to get done, but we had nothing that was pushing us to get it done. And sometimes you slam a fucking date on the wall and say, we're going to do it by this, this date. And then people start moving. You start moving. You start setting that expectation. Now, some people, CEOs included, have other people set expectations for them of when they're going to or what their goals are that they're going to achieve and um, you know getting progress report and updates like for us um, I'm tomorrow going to be sitting down with an accountant to potentially set what our revenue goals should be for the year and uh, what our profitability major uh, percentages should be and stuff so that I have a goal that I'm working towards that I didn't set so I can't make any excuses I know it's a logical goal because I had somebody who was um, very experienced in the uh, accounting industry, set those things. And I can move forward at that direction with the rigor that you would have if you were following your, a different leader, just you know, a goal that is set by somebody with more expertise and experience. Well, that's a lot of times what we do. We did the same thing for the combat carding. We, did, uh, we had three people race a combat carding race at our soft opening to be able to get feedback at it and try it out and see how it all operated. And had we not had that hard date, we would not have gotten it ready by that time. We have to do something to say, this is when it's going to happen. It's got to happen by this day so that everybody is moving towards that direction because the amount of effort that you put towards it will correlate to the amount of time that you have left. Most people will start off a little bit slow getting it ready, and as the, the time frame approaches, they're going to cram. Um, it's procrastination is common across all people. And you know, find a person who's never procrastinated before. Good fucking luck with that. So you know, it's going to start off with a comfort and moving and everything, but it's going to get them realizing it. And there's going to be some stress right before the opening date. But once you hit that, that target date you set, you've hit it. You're there. Now, all of a sudden you saw that light at the end tunnel, you cross that finish line. Now everything is, is done that you need to get done. And you can focus on your priorities at that point. Um, so we did that for the soft opening. We did it for combat carding. But what I didn't do is I didn't do it for the architects. So now we're sitting here behind and we're potentially going to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue because we won't have the expansion open when our highest demand of the year is going on. Potentially, we don't know yet, but um, you know we're forecasting that as a good possibility. Um, so I want to stress, whatever it is, no matter what, set a fucking date for it. Because I'll tell you right now, it's just you know saying I'm going to get you know be the CEO of this company someday. That's not going to get you anywhere. Setting a date, a time, how you're going to get there, it makes it an achievable goal. And that's, you know, goals are what make or are what you strive for. It's what makes you move forward. Dreams don't necessarily move you forward. It's that execution on the dream and seeing progress towards it that will motivate you. So that kind of brought me to a realization that I had recently. And this is kind of the whole purpose of this podcast, is that big kids play big games. All right. It's easy for you to be able to succeed and something that just takes today. I may have to wake up today and I may need to go, I don't know, let's say I'm, I'm looking out the window, I got a giant fucking rock pile. Let's say I need to go get a piece of equipment and move that rock pile. It's a big ass project, right? 
but it doesn't take anybody any more success than another person. It's just effort for a day. That's a small gain. That's a small obstacle. Going to the gym this morning is a small obstacle. Anybody can go to the gym this morning, but not everybody can go to the gym five days a week for the next year. And it's the people who are the, the really powerful and successful people are the people who are willing to play the larger games. It's not what can I succeed in today? It's what am I going to succeed in long term? So if you think of this, the, the, the one day trivial accomplishments are really nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's doing that over and over and over towards a end goal. You have to have an end goal. You can't just say, I've worked at this company for 10 years, so I'm playing a big boy game. And look how long I've been doing this. No, fuck no. What has been your goal during that? Have you been moving towards that same accomplishment during those 10 years of maybe become the fucking CEO of the company or something like that? I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever your goal it is, are you constantly moving towards that or are you just doing shit every day and hoping that something cool happens? People who move forward with intent with goals and have it a long-term goal are the successful ones. Winning a battle doesn't make you infamous. Winning a fucking war does. And wars take time. There's something that has multiple battles along the process. Now, you may argue and say, yeah, there's plenty of fucking generals and stuff who are you know, successful because they won a battle. Great. You know what? All right, fine. You got me there. But you know what? The person who won the fucking war is the person who's being that, that is the real winner there. They're the person that was the real man during that, that really fucking knows how to succeed because it takes losing over and over again. You can't win everything and uh, every single time. There's going to be times you get your ass fucking handed to you on stuff. But you know what? As long as you're still winning that goddamn war, you're doing really well. Losing is just that perception of did you actually lose or did you learn something from it? Did you gain a valuable insight? Did you change a perspective because of it? It's not losing if you gain something from it. But guys, this was my realization with my injury and with COVID was this entire thing that I'm doing, this is, I don't get to just suddenly wake up today and not have massive nerve pain where it hurts to fucking walk. I don't get to just go walk up to the mailbox today. That's a fucking obstacle that if I'm going to do that, I know I have to sacrifice the second half of my day to be in bed and be in pain. But I know it's going to move me that much further towards being better. It's that type of shit that made me realize that we play big fucking games, especially with high caliber. We fucking win over and over. God damn it. We fucking win every time. And that's why we think about the Ted City stuff. That's why we move ahead. That's why we adapt and change. And that's why we're not scared of fucking losing. Because every goddamn time, we know how we can, we can modify and move forward. Because you don't lose a fucking fight until you say you lose a fight. If you keep getting up and you keep fucking swinging, you're still fighting. And the game's not over. You have the opportunity to still fucking win, no matter how bad you're getting your ass kicked. Sooner or later, you may come back out on top and get that one fucking swing in and start to get your momentum back in your hands. But big, big kids play big fucking games. They play the 20-year business plan. They, pay, they play the 401k of 40 years to be able to make sure that they succeed in, in their retirement. You know, don't focus on what you can do today. Every day with my recovery, I expect to wake up and just not have nerve pain and be back to fucking normal. But you know what's not happening? And if I look at every single day, I'm winning those battles, but you know what? It doesn't feel like it. It's, they're small victories. But when I look back two weeks ago where I was just starting to stand up, well, fuck, a week ago, a week ago on Saturday, 
I had just started to stand up out of my wheelchair and walk a little bit without a walker. During that week, I moved over to crutches, and then I started walking. I walk up back and forth to my shop without anything now. We went to a racetrack, and I set up our fucking 10-foot by 30-foot tent by myself, carrying the stuff, putting the stuff over top, moving all around. Yeah, I did it slow, but you know what? I fucking did it. And it's that I look at those two weeks going, holy shit, two weeks ago, I couldn't fucking walk at all on my own. Now I'm moving around like crazy. Everybody underestimates what they're capable of accomplishing in the course of six months, but overestimates what they're capable of accomplishing in a week. Set bigger goals. Make it a fucking a, a timeline out there. How far out if you're going to do it? By what date you're going to do it? And set some audacious goals and keep moving towards that. Because I'll tell you right now, if, you be, if, if you're a fucking successful person, you set big goals and you keep moving every day towards it. Because big kids play big fucking games and you fucking win. And we, as High Caliber Carding, we fucking win. Every time. Get out there and fucking find your win. Find your date. Find your goal. Because if you set your time to do that today and you start moving towards it, I fucking guarantee you're going to have a better fucking life than you ever dreamed of having before. Now go kick some fucking ass. See ya.